Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting podcast of the Go Forth program. I am your host, Ben O. Young, and I'm happy to introduce you to Father Cuthbert, who is all the way in Zimbabwe. Hello, Father. Hello there. Thank you so much for joining us today. Could you please open us up, Father, in a word of prayer? Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and bring to life in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. O God, who first taught the faithful in their hearts by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant that by receiving the same gift of the Spirit, we may be truly wise and always rejoice in his consolation through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I noticed, Father, you said amen, and here in the States we say amen. Where Where are you originally from? Uh, originally, I was born in, uh, in a little village called Harpenden, in uh, Hertfordshire, just north of London in the United Kingdom. Well, I think our, our listeners will appreciate your accent. And then how did you enter and join the Benedictines? And that was a bit of a convoluted story, really. In my childhood, a lot of people left religious life. And my parents were very much against me joining religious life. I went to university, I trained to be a medical doctor, qualified, practiced, found medicine fascinating, really exciting, but not completely fulfilling. And so I decided I needed to explore whether I had a religious vocation or not. And I found this monastery not too far from where I was working in North Yorkshire, and eventually I joined them to put my vocation to the test. I, was, I made my solemn vows in 1988 uh, and then continued in studies for another two years uh, before being ordained as a priest in 1990. And then I came back and I divided my time, uh, following the instructions of my then abbot, between uh, teaching and work in the monastery and teaching in the school that's attached to the monastery. And that went on until I was elected as abbot in uh, 2005. Uh, much to my surprise, um, that happened, and I served the community for 13 years in that role. And for our listening viewers, an abbot is in charge of the monastery, and he's in charge of supervising all the priests that are present in the monastery. Yes, that's correct. Absolutely. How long mm. were you in York before you he heard the call to go to Zimbabwe? Well, to be honest, uh, I didn't hear a call to go to Zimbabwe. It's the abbot sent me to Zimbabwe in 2022. Oh, my. So you were in York for quite some time. A very long time. Yeah. Mm. The abbot decided to send you to. Zimbabwe. And what was your initial reaction? 
Well, I've been to Zimbabwe many times. Before Abbot Robert was elected, I'd been abbot and I visited in that capacity. So I, I knew our community in Zimbabwe. So it wasn't too much of a surprise at one level, but I thought I was probably too old, to be honest. I was 68 and I was surprised that he decided that that was the best place. But when the abbot asks, you do what he asks. So you, you've been in Zimbabwe for over a year now, correct? On and off, I've been backwards and forwards uh, to the United Kingdom a couple of times, but I've almost been here for a solid year, yeah. And can you describe a, a typical day for us? Sure. Get up about a little after four, um, do the ordinary things of getting up and then uh, go to the chapel to begin prayer uh, at five, um, and then uh, first prayer is at five o'clock in the morning, then there's a break, and then just after half past six, morning prayer and mass, one after the other. And then we'll work through the day, whatever has to be done, and the day is punctuated by prayer, um, three sets of prayers. Um, what has to be done varies, really. I mean, it can be um, cleaning, it can be cooking, it can be working in the garden, it can be looking after the animals. I have to confess, I don't tend to look after the animals. I'm not very good with animals. I'm a town boy, really. Um, <laughs> Until we arrive into the evening, then Vespers, after Vespers, supper, adoration or recreation, one or the other, they, and then uh, night prayer, and then to bed. So it's a day punctuated by prayer, prayer and work, the typical Benedictine pattern. And there is a video out there done by the Jesuits. It's about a 15 minute video that shares a little bit about the life of the Benedictine monks in Zimbabwe, just for our listeners, for their reference. Yes, but Father, how come the Benedictines chose Zimbabwe? Again, that's a curious working of providence. There's a, a monastic organization called AIM, and they changed what that means, but it's intermonastic aid, basically. And the First World Monasteries and the uh, developing world monasteries try to collaborate through this organization, giving each other what is necessary for a healthy monastic life. At the time, they wanted to have a, a conference in Anglophone Africa. It was very difficult. And the only place that could actually host such a meeting was Zimbabwe, because South Africa barred certain people from entering and other places barred South Africans from entering. Uh, Zimbabwe allowed everybody to enter. So they uh, convened the meeting in, in Zimbabwe. And the Archbishop in Harare said to the meeting, I have no Benedictines in my country, none at all. Isn't it time the Benedictines came to Zimbabwe? And one way or another, the Archbishop, Archbishop Chakaipa, invited 
the monks of Ampleforth to make a foundation in Zimbabwe. So that's why we're here. Mm. And your central mission in Zimbabwe is for what purpose? Again, he was very clear, and, and indeed he, he spoke with the entire bishops' conference. They told us, we don't want a monastery running schools. We've got schools. And we don't want a monastery running parishes. We have priests and missionaries running parishes. What we want is we want a monastery that acts as a kind of oasis, a kind of place where active religious, active priests, active lay people can come and be nourished and be helped when they are worn and tired and wearing out. So our primary mission in many respects uh, was to be a monastery to which people could come for spiritual nourishment. So I noticed in the video as well, Father, that you had a place for visitors to come and stay and join you in prayer, in food, in fellowship, just like a retreat. Indeed, we have a small retreat house. It's not very big, but the community is not very big. But St. Benedict says that monasteries are never without guests. We have a steady flow of people coming to us here. Wonderful. An opportunity for the religious priest to, to get renourished in their faith. Absolutely. So, Father, could you please also share, what do you think are the, the struggles in Zimbabwe to spread the good news? What are some of the difficulties currently going on in Zimbabwe? Zimbabwe is a remarkable country. It's a very varied country, and I'm a newcomer. I have to confess I'm a newcomer. But even in my limited travels, the climate is very varied. What people do is quite varied. I mean, some parts of the country grow maize and wheat, others grow fruits. And then again, there's great mineral wealth, but at the same time, there's incredible poverty in, in this country of ours here. And in some areas, people exist fundamentally on the breadline, and that's very difficult, very difficult indeed. So while some people have a lot of money, others have next to nothing. The church, as far as I can see, it's spiritually very vibrant, but depending on where you are, it can be very short of financial resources. And that's been the case for quite some time now. Inflation here is spiraling at the moment, and it's been very difficult for everybody. So I think one of the problems that the church has is, is quite simply significant limitations on the financial resources that would help make it possible to do more for people and people's lives. But finance is not everything. And I have to say, I have found a real loving concern among people for each other here. In the end, I think that the faith comes from an encounter with people of faith. And if people are really of faith and are talking about their faith and living their faith, that communicates itself to others and people hear the good news of Christ. You also have an opportunity to 
share that good news with all your visitors that you have there. Yes, we do. The, most of our visitors are priests and religious. So I think our aim with the priests and religious who come on retreat with us is to listen to their problems, commiserate with them, encourage them to the extent that we can reinvigorate them. It's a ministry of accompaniment and and is is a key thing in the church, really, I, I believe. It's something that's hugely important that priests and religious who can feel so alone know that they're not alone, that there are others who are caring about them, concerned about them, praying for them, supporting them in their active mission, whatever that might be. Yes, the support that's there for them must be wonderful for them. You you must have some wonderful experiences helping priests to get some renewed strength, some renewed help as they serve the church. I've certainly found it very humbling. Just listen to people uh, and the struggles that they have, and um, particularly in the poorer parishes, the work that they're doing is remarkable. And it's wonderful how you get to assist them. I want to talk a little bit also about the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time, the readings for this Sunday, in particular for the gospel. The the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who had recruited workers. Could you please share how the Sunday readings have magnified your call to mission? Sure. Uh, first of all, I think these are magnificent readings, and particularly the gospel. The gospel is a is a a beautiful illustration of what our God is like. A landowner on the lookout for people. He wants people to work with him, and he wants people to work for him. And it's clear that this this landowner has a remarkable sense about people. He seems to interpret their their history, their personality. As you listen to that gospel, you, you notice he doesn't interrogate people. He doesn't question them. He imagines the best of people. He thinks that the people that are coming at the end of the day would have been there at the beginning of the day if only they'd known to be there. And he invites everyone, everyone, to come and work with him and for him. And then, then at the end of that day, that landowner is so extraordinarily generous. Everyone, everyone gets their daily bread. The the wage that he gave was that what they needed for ordinary daily living. Everyone, regardless of how long they'd worked. All he'd asked was that people were wholehearted and he rewarded them generously in return. So clearly this landowner is an image of of God. (laughs) But... And it's an important but, I think. Uh, We shouldn't limit this image to God, because 
After all, you and I are made in the image and likeness of God. That's uh, what we're told in the book of Genesis. So this image should be an image of you and me. We too should be like this landowner. We too should have this generosity. We too should have this ability to listen to people, to look at people, to intuit things about people, to think the best of people, to bring the best out of people. In a word, we should become Christ-like. And that's tough and it costs us because as the scripture reminds us, particularly the first reading, God's ways are so different to the ways of the world. And very often we limit ourselves. We think in worldly terms all the time. We conceive of spiritual problems in worldly terms. Um, and that thinking in worldly terms makes it difficult to see our way through. If only we could put our trust into God. If only we could just take what has been given to us and work with it confident that the Lord will bring the best of that situation. And I include myself very much in that. And I, I said I was 68 and probably too old for this. Well, maybe, maybe not. But this is where the abbot sent me. And this is what I've been asked to do. And now it's time to trust God and allow God to do what he wants to do. Yeah, Father, I... I got to admit, when I'm talking to you and listening to you, if I was a young priest or if I was a priest that was struggling, I want to talk to you. You have such a warm presence about you. And you could see that you're just trying to love your neighbor and be generous like the landowner. So I see Abbott Roberts' wisdom in this, that he was trusting in the Holy Spirit to use you. And it sounds like it's something that's very beneficial to all those in Zimbabwe, all those priests who need your help. Priests and, and religious sisters and religious brothers. So, um, and, and an increasing number of lay people, I'm delighted to say. And bit by bit, uh, lay people are, are discovering us here. And that's a great joy to us. Oh, by all means, that's wonderful. So it's not just the priests, it's the brothers, the religious sisters, and lay people who are benefiting with your presence and the presence of the other Benedictine monks there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a wonderful blessing to Zimbabwe. And so wonderful that you have an opportunity to, to serve those who have been serving and to share God's love to them. I couldn't agree more. And, and perhaps that's where uh, age is actually a help rather than a hindrance. Because when you've been through the mill a bit uh, and you're seeing somebody who's quite a lot younger than you, you can say, well, you know, wait and see what comes 20 years from now, because you're only at the beginning of the story. Ah, thank you. Yes. Yeah. But God has a plan. God has a journey for each of us. Exactly. <laughs> Before I let you go, Father, is there any advice you have for our listeners who might be thinking about entering into the religious life or 
to the mission field, what advice do you have for them? I think if you're asking yourself about religious life, the most um, important place to begin is in your life of prayer and reflection on scripture. Scripture is absolutely key. The Lord speaks to us through the words of scripture day by day, if we're patient and if we persevere. And then open yourself and take the plunge and be wholehearted. It's very easy to defer a decision, defer a decision, defer a decision, defer a decision, and then you miss the boat. If after some careful prayer and careful reflection, you've come to the conclusion that the Lord is calling, then go and talk to others, open yourself to others, and, and discern together whether you do have a vocation to religious life or not. And then put the rest into God's hands. God is a, a master planner, much better than us. <laughs> yes. Yes, I've learned that the hard way too, Father. So I agree 100%. In the readings also this weekend, the psalm in my eyes is so beautiful. The, the psalm shares about the Lord is near to all who call upon him. And that's kind of this the advice that you're giving to everybody. Draw closer to the Lord. He'll show you the plan. Exactly. You, you've hit the nail uh, squarely on the head. Well, as we continue on our journeys to follow the Lord, again, such a blessing what you're doing. And also, your advice is great. Just trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord and draw closer to him. Thank you, Ben. And every encouragement for what you're doing. Thank you, Father. Could you close uh, for us in a blessing, please? Of course, I'd be delighted to. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, come down upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, Father. We really appreciate your time and blessings to you and all that you're doing in Zimbabwe. Even the animals. I know that's not your thing, but that's okay. Even the animals, may they be blessed as well. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks very much indeed. Yes. And let us all go forth and spread the good news. Go Forth is a service of USCMA, funded in part by the Catholic Communications Campaign. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite listening platform. We'd love to earn five stars from you, so be sure to scroll down and leave a review. Visit uscatholicmission.org forward slash go forth for scripture commentaries, show notes, and go forth gathering details. Check out the show notes for pictures and links about our witnesses' mission. Our music is Go Out, Go Out by Curtis Stefan, used by license with OCP. Wherever you live and whatever you do, God has a mission just for you. Come back next week to meet another missionary disciple sharing God's love through their light and witness. Amen.
steadfast is his kindness. Whoa. 